There can be no doubt, leadership is what separates a place of work from a place to work. But what makes a good leader? Welcome to On Point, a thought-provoking podcast on leadership. It's for leaders. It's by leaders. Here are your hosts, Jim Livingston and John Nielsen. Hi, welcome to On Point. My name is Jim Livingston. And my name is John Nielsen. So John, one of the questions we often get asked is, does money motivate? And I want to get your opinion on this a minute. But before I do, I want to be clear with everyone on exactly what motivation is. So in its simplest form, motivation is energy. It's the energy you put into achieving something or accomplishing something, or the energy you put into getting away from something or avoiding something. So the big question, does money motivate? No. But, and... There were phases in my life where it was important to me to earn some money to, to fulfill some needs. And I remember when I took my first corporate job, I was living somewhere in the outback, no bus, no train, nothing. And I really had to buy a car to get to work. And in, in that situation, money was important for me to put enough savings aside to buy that car to, to be mobile. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was clearly not motivating. It was just suiting my need to be able to go to work. And you know, you, you've actually summed it up really well, which is it suited a need. Money was an ends to a, to a means. Absolutely. Right? It enabled you to fulfill a need. And this is the point, is that everyone is, diff is motivated by different needs at different stages of their lives. And these needs change. And for some people, they're more intense than they are others. Um, but this is really the key is we're not motivated by money, we're motivated by needs. Right? And no one really has summed this up as well, I don't think, as other than Abraham Maslow. Mm -hmm. And if you think back, I'm, I'm sure everyone's aware of Abraham's model, but there's Abraham's pyramid. Um, so basic, the basic needs are you know, air, food, water, shelter. Without these things, we'd cease to exist. Second level of needs is security, you know, that feeling safe, financially safe, emotionally safe, psychologically safe. Third level is belonging, feeling like you belong to something, like feeling like you're loved, that you're part of something. Fourth level is esteem, and now esteem is actually broken into two parts. The lower half of esteem is the need for recognition from others, and the upper sort of half of esteem is the need for recognition of self. So it's really about that self-love at the top and self-appreciation at the top, whereas below is more the ego and status that you get from others. And the very top level of the pyramid is what's called self-actualization or growth, which in a lot of cases is about giving back. And you know the interesting thing about Maslow's model is that although it's often represented as a pyramid, Maslow never drew it as a pyramid. These needs are constant, they're always there. The difference is that at different stages in our lives, these needs become more intense. Right? So if you think back throughout your career, what were some of the needs that you sort of you know, experienced and how did that sort of make it impact you? Yeah, so after, after finishing my education, my, my first thing was really to go out and find a, a cool job, what I considered cool at that time. It was really career, career, grow, to establish myself, to show the world, my friends, my family, I can do something with uh, what I have learned. And that was quite interesting. So, so I got really into this 
working because I, I, I learned, wow, this is giving me a lot of satisfaction, confirmation, and there's so many opportunities, and that was very motivating for me to grow in my job. So that, that's how it started, yeah? And it was really career and family, yes, I had a simple apartment, but that was it. It was really work which matters to me most. So were you motivated by the learning, acquiring new skills, or were you motivated by showing other people what you've learned? I would say it was a mixture, uh, but I think for uh, quite big time, it was about proving to others that I can do something. And I'm, I'm saying I was very selfish, but also in the sense world look at me i can do this yeah because i moved country i moved from denmark to germany didn't speak the language i had a lot to prove yeah and i showed the world that i could learn fluent german but the point is it was a little bit about me first but it gave me a lot of fulfillment i was so proud when i can say i speak two languages yeah so it's kind of uh, interesting how it evolved uh, you know I, I look back to my career i mean when i came to singapore 22 23 years ago um, it was, you know, the first two or three years was all about work. It was work, 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 work. And then I went through a stage in my life where my needs completely changed. I went from being, you know, focused on my career, on learning and growing, to being focused on, you know, being Mr. Popular. Mm. You know, wanting to be, win the popularity contests. And my needs were so intense, that need for belonging, to feel important, that need for you know, that lower form of esteem, that status, that ego, that became so strong that I started throwing parties, going out all the time, you know, at the, you know, at the detriment of my job and my work suffered as a result. So this is an example of how a need can change and depending on how intense that need is, it can have positive effects or it can have, in my case, it had a very negative effect on my, on, on my career. But then I look back to how it had another influence. And I think about when I got married and when my son was born. And prior to my son being born, it was, you know, my focus was really on myself, on proving myself, on achieving more and more, doing more and more. And, you know, challenging myself to sort of grow and to do more. But the minute my son was born, that need changed from... You know, being about me to being about, okay, we have a child. How do we provide security for our child? How do we make sure that that child is going to grow up and, you know, not be spoiled, but, you know, not have to want for a lot of things that, you know, that, that you shouldn't have to want for. Yeah, I, I can very much resonate to that. So, so I would say career in my, my whole life has been pretty dominant and, and still is. I, I, I enjoy it and I love it. And, and too often family came short and I had my learnings and, and I think that made me an even stronger and a different, more successful person. But, but when kids comes into the game, it's amazing how it can shift overnight and you suddenly realize, wow, that's a complete new responsibility and it, it can really change in days that you have never thought about it. Your whole schedule, your life is changing. Or when you're stricken with you know, some disease or you've got some illness, you know. The, the point of this is that, you know, needs are never constant, right? They're, they're always there, every, you've always got all five areas of needs, but 
Sometimes they become really intense. Sometimes they become less intense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a case in point, um, you know, a, a young manager said to me the other day that he couldn't understand why a 50-year-old person who works for him doesn't want to work long hours and wants to go home early and, you know, doesn't, isn't interested in career progression. The guy's in his later ages, he's got family, he's achieved financial security, he doesn't need money, right? he enjoys doing his job, he, you know, he enjoys his job and that's part of, you know, what he drives him, but, you know, what's really important to him is that, that need for that, you know, that work-life balance and being able to spend time with the family. Yeah. And, and these things happen so many times in my corporate uh, life. Uh, managers came to me and quite surprisingly and say, hey, John, I want to have a conversation with you about can I relocate? Yeah, Because something happened in my life. Yeah, My parents are in a situation, they need me, I want to be there. And it came like a surprise. And luckily, I was working for a company where we were quite flexible and allowed a lot of things. But that is how important and, and the best thing about that, that employee was so motivated by that situation that we could support him uh, and really be close to the family. So his needs being there to support him was covered and he could cover the need of the company in his career. So it really good story in that situation. So here's the interesting thing, organizations really, and if you think about Organizations that have really understood that Google, Apple, a couple of examples, but you know, you know, make sure we're paying people enough to meet their most basic of needs. Uh, Google, Apple, for example, provide food and meals to their employees in the office. So you know, really think about: Are we giving people enough to make them, you know, fulfill those most basic needs? One. Secondly. Are we giving them security? I mean, job security. Do they feel, you know, physically safe in the workplace? Are they emotionally safe? Do they have, you know, do they really have that psychological safety in the workplace? This is something else organizations need to consider. Thirdly, you know, are we making our employees feel like they belong to something bigger? Do they feel like they have a say? Do they feel like they're involved? Or are they just, or do they just feel like they're another number on the board? Um, fourthly, um, create opportunities for people to grow, learn, develop, uh, to challenge themselves, to learn new stuff. Uh, Daniel Pink might call it purpose, autonomy, and mastery. Um, but are we giving people those opportunities to meet those needs for sort of self-esteem that they have? And then lastly, you know, uh, are we giving people the opportunity to, to give back? It could be a CSR initiative. Um, one organization I work with, Barter Shoes, has uh, the Barter Children's Program, which is a great initiative, which is a volunteer initiative that they run around the world, um, helping out children around the world. So, I mean, these are, these are examples of what organizations can do and how they can really take Maslow and sort of apply it in the workforce. Yeah. And, and, and I just know from my own career when I had the opportunity to get involved in giving back uh, citizenship work, uh, it was many, many people didn't even raise their hand, but it was so important to me and I like to care and enable others. And it was just the best thing which happened in my career, having that opportunity to go to Africa and, and really see the world and help the world, which needs it most of that time. And so, so it's again, it's not about money. Sometimes you dedicate your time 
and you are just in the right place and you do the right thing. And that is also how I felt I was belonging to something much bigger because I'm making the world a little bit better. And, and the interesting point of this is, is that it works for some people, it doesn't work for others. Exactly. Right? Some people find that incredibly self-fulfilling and get a lot of satisfaction out of taking part in something like that. Not everyone's like that, and we need to be mindful of that. Exactly. So I suppose the big question is, if you could think of a, you know, three things that a leader should do to really engage and motivate people, what would those three things be? So Jim, the, the first thing I clearly would say is understand your people, okay? Um, we have to spend time with our people and, and, and really find out what are their needs, what, is, what are their motivations, yeah? And often we are so busy that we don't take the time to have that conversation and understanding our people. And really, not only having the conversation, and I really say, memorize it. Because we have to come back to this certain time because it's stressful time and we forget what is so important to them and ignore it. Memorize it, write it down. Some people have scorecards, but that, that will be clearly one. Okay, so understand, 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 understand them. What will be number two? Uh, number two is really, I call it adaptation, adapt, because every person is different. Every situation is different. So if you think, oh, this is gonna suit one fits all, it is not working. Every person, every situation, every month, every year is different. So you have as a leader to be super adaptable and really adjust your leadership style. Like I am a person with high energy, okay? If I go into certain people with my high energy, they absolutely do not want to talk to me. So I had to change style because all they want, John, tell me the facts, the date, and I will do for you, <laughs> okay, kind of. So this is very important that people are different and because I enjoy being an energizer, does not mean that everybody enjoys it. And that's a very great example. It's interesting, I had a leader ask me the other day, he can't understand why people aren't all motivated by this one thing that he was doing. Exactly. And, and this is the point is, everyone's different and their needs are different and you yeah. cannot apply one size fits all yeah. to motivating. It just does not work. Yeah. So that's two, what so, would be yeah. three? So, so the third one clearly is about staying in tune, okay, with the people because situations, conditions are changing all the time. It can be in the workplace, it can be project-based, it can be in the family, as you mentioned earlier, it can be health-related, so many factors. Things are changing very fast. Our COVID is suddenly happening to all of us. We all have to add that, uh, adapt and understand and really take a moment and say, what does that mean? Let me check in with my people. So really, again, change and make sure you stay in tune with, their, with your people and their needs. It's, I can't repeat that enough. And this is a really important point. You said about change and you mentioned COVID. I mean, think about this. There's a lot of people out there that are motivated by that need to feel like they're part of something, that need to feel like they're part of a team, that they're connected. Yes. And then the minute circuit breaker hits, the minute COVID hits, they suddenly feel disconnected. So they're not fulfilling a lot of that need. Uh, and we need to be mindful of the fact that these needs are changing. Yes. So, okay, so we have, you know, really understand your people. We have adapt the way, not don't use a one-size-fits-all approach. Correct. And really stay in tune with what's going on because we know needs are always changing. 
there you have it. There's our thoughts on motivation. Look forward to seeing you in the next episode of On Point. You've been listening to On Point, a thought-provoking podcast for leaders by leaders. Want to keep up to date or come on the show? Please visit www.northpoint-training.com slash onpoint.